Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I'm Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments. And I'm a spiritual guide in the Heart Work Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road to spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and passion-filled spiritual life, but would like support along the way. Through online programs, a Facebook group, a heartwork community on Patreon, and one-on-one spiritual guidance, I walk with people on a contemplative and healing path that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So let's start, as we always do, reconnecting, remembering, refreshing. Take a deep breath directly into your heart, even deeper than your heart. A breath into that organ that divine grace transforms with the presence, the light, and the life of the divine trinity. With Teresa of Avila, we enter into our inner world as if we are entering a mansion or a castle. In the centermost room of the castle is silence, a pulsing dynamic call of love that can only come from the one who is love himself. We enter the castle through the doors from the outside and make our way gradually toward that inner sanctuary where God is and from where he is filling our entire being with his light. On the journey through the rooms as we approach the center, we need to face our resistance, our weakness, our desires, our sin, our passions. Every time we see new things about our humanness, we become more open, more malleable, more godlike. So let your heart call out to your God. Let your thoughts melt and surrender to the work of the Spirit. Today, we'll be talking about how to get free from, from sticky thoughts, thoughts that kind of trap us with their stickiness. To begin with a story, it was the end of a long day, and long days often leave me feeling very tired and depleted of energy. Those nagging, nasty thoughts started to get the upper hand. You know the ones I mean. This will never change. She always does that. He doesn't understand. No one cares. We all have our own little set of ugly thoughts that rear their heads when we feel overwhelmed or pushed aside or misunderstood. It would be one thing if these troublesome thoughts just passed through our minds and kept on going. 
but somehow, at least sometimes, they get caught. They become sticky thoughts, patterns of reflection that have an emotionally heavy content to them that weighs us down. Thoughts like these become sticky traps like glue boards, the boards that we use to catch rodents who have made their nest in our house. We become caught in the cycle of negativity and at times nastiness or, or hopelessness, trapped by the stickiness that won't let these thoughts be released, won't let our hearts be freed from their deadening weight. So that night I was thinking about why we keep holding on to these sticky thoughts with a vice grip and I discovered three reasons. First, we've been convinced that these sticky thoughts make complete sense. They make complete sense to our rational mind and our ego that believes at least sometimes that we're better or others don't get it or someone else should pay for what they did to us. Second, nasty thoughts are poison and to save ourselves from their toxicity, we share them with others. We convince ourselves even more of their truthfulness and create a facade of falseness that we need to keep up. And third, when we share our negative stories about others, ourself, and situations, we start others thinking negatively. It becomes a snowball racing down a hill that we can't stop because we can't take back words once spoken. Definitely the pattern of the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal son. Into this examination, into this image, which represents the distortive falseness of my heart, comes the person of Jesus. And I picture him as dusting and cleaning around, rearranging the furniture. I, I see him as happy, even humming. He's non-possessive. All this is not a big deal to him, this sticky mess that is a big deal to me. He knows that it will be different when he's through. So what does Jesus know that I forget? From the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts, and He chose us to be His very own, joining us to Himself even before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. That's from the first chapter of the letter to the Ephesians, verses 3 and 4. And I read to you from the Passion Translation of the Bible. So every spiritual blessing has been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father because He sees us wrapped into Christ.
Jesus can remove me gently from my sticky, captivating thoughts because he reveals to me who I am. These types of thoughts charged with the energy of the passions, they tend to boast a power that that deflects us from our basic goodness, which is God's gift to us. He sees us wrapped into Christ. When we think of the parable of the prodigal son, both the elder brother and the younger son remind us that we need to remember that we have been lavished with sonship, chosen to be the father's very own, seen as holy in his eyes, with an unstained innocence. Jesus, the one who recreates and rehabilitates the sticky mess of my life, now possesses me. The author of the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4 reminds us that, that Jesus has taught us to let go of the old man, that old self-life, that self-centeredness, that, that old person within us, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires, desires that we know now spring from delusion that, that aren't real because the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. Instead, now is time to be made new, to be a new creature. And how are we made new? We're made new by the revelation of God's truth given to us. We're transformed as we embrace the Christ life within us, the, the Christ within us, as we, we claim him as our new life, and as we begin to live more and more in union with him. For, for God has recreated us all over again through baptism, in his perfect righteousness, we belong to him. We, in him, are truly holy. And so the letter to the Ephesians, the author calls us to, to let go of everything that holds us back, to, to discard dishonesty, to stop lying, but instead to speak in the truth, to walk in the truth because we all belong to one another. It's true. We humans have this negativity bias, meaning that the bad things that we see or hear and experience far outweigh, in our own experience, the positive and pleasurable things. So my angry reaction to a perceived slight will stick with me longer than my meditation on being the delight of the Lord. The negative and the nasty things we remember make it just about impossible to see beyond to what is most true, true about ourselves and others, true about the goodness that is most truly who we are. If we know that this is true about the human mind and heart, it is only an intentional focusing of our thoughts and, and that leap of the heart to what is most true that will yield true happiness and holiness in our lives. So we could say to intentionally focus on the freeing of this power of truth in us, there are 
three things we can do. First, we could end the day by listing three positive and delightful things that happened in your life and in the lives of those around you. And don't just list them, but re-enter them, re-see them, take, take the chance, the time, the opportunity to notice what you may not have noticed at that time, to, to kind of see the cluster of positive and beautiful things around that experience and to, to allow that all to come in and, and uh, touch you and influence you. Second, when you notice any nasty negativeness, just immediately replace it by stating what is true. You could say, I believe you, Jesus, are here. I believe that you, Jesus, are here. And I know that you are in him or her at this very moment. Show me. I know that you are in him or her at this very moment. Show me. So we're immediately taking our attention off this uh, negativity, not allowing ourselves to get stuck, um, to get stuck in it. And third, we could go a step further and say to someone verbally, that someone that we are interiorly having a difficult time appreciating, one thing you want them to know about themselves that is truly a gift that they are sharing with others. So this goes a step further by actually saying something to them without saying we're having a difficult time with them, but saying to them something that's truly beautiful about them that they are sharing with other people. So we're actually building a bridge here. So we all know that it doesn't take much energy to be negative. That can easily come about without us even lifting a finger. Appreciative watchfulness and intentional kindness, this takes effort, at least at first. Because once appreciation and delightful kindness begin to flow through our hearts, through our thoughts, you will see that it will easily wash away the negativity and our hearts, our relationships, and our health will once again flourish. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, of awakening their desires, arousing questions, and provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you're not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. 
Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible glory hidden in an earthen vessel that is, yes, small and fragile. But may this overflowing glory fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.